Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about The Marvels, the new film from in the MCU. Uh, Captain Marvel 2, if you will, the, the follow-up to that one, and uh, Ms. Marvel, and some WandaVision in there, too. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. That's right. We've been looking forward to this movie for uh, quite some time. Yeah. Um, but we will be spoiling it, but we won't be spoiling anything until after the news. And there's a lot of news. So Dylan, let's get right to it. What you got? Yeah. So I guess the first one is like the first news is the reason why there's so much news. And it's that the strike is the SAG after strike is over. Yeah. The writers went ending. Yeah. Now the actors one is over. Um, SAG after and the Alliance of motion pictures, uh, television producers, the AM PTP come to terms on a tentative deal um it's being finalized but it's it's pretty much done um uh it covers minimum compensation ai protections against ai streaming bonuses for people and uh everyone seems to be happy so that's great well i'm sure the studios aren't happy that they have to pay people. of course but but whatever um but things are up and running again i know like deadpool is about to start filming again uh um there's just a lot happening not to derail, but like, so with, with something like Deadpool, do you have Deadpool news later? Uh, kind of. Okay. I'll save it for, I have a Deadpool question specifically. So, okay. I mean, it's cool. that It sucks that it happened like right after the Marvels. I know they I put Brie Larson on the tonight show, like that night or like the night after like, wake up. <laughs> You're <tour>. on duty. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would have been so cool to have like a cool press tour, you know, for the Marvels. Yeah, yeah so definitely would have been cool. Oh, well, um, okay. So because, uh, of the studios not refusing to pay actors, they had to shift a bunch of movies, um, yeah. around, uh, Deadpool three, I'll just go through them and then I'll like kind of summarize it. Deadpool three is moving from May 3rd. It was going to be the big, like, you know, free comic book day or kick off the summer movie next year. Um, it's going from May to July. So not too much of a push for that one, but clearly they need more time to finish it. Um, the Bufasa movie. These are all Disney movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're the first ones to announce their dates is from July to December 20th. So it's now Christmas Mufasa. I Christmas could Mufasa. not care less about this movie. I, I forgot that like it was that happening. One. I don't really care. Yeah, truly. Um, Cap 4 is going from July to February 14th of next year, 2025. So right. it's a Valentine's Day flick now, I guess. Okay. Um. So I, these is, dates are also all fake too. Like, I mean, assuming there's not another pandemic or strike, we used to be able to trust dates. I'm hoping something crazy doesn't get in the way again. Right. I don't know. Every time I think things are going to be normal again, they're not. So, I mean, we will see. Um, Thunderbolts from uh, next December to uh, July 2025. Blade from February to November 2025. So that means there's no MCU movies at all. I don't really count Deadpool, but you could coming out next year. 2024, zero MCU movies is what that means. That's wild. Yeah, we haven't I had that say happen. They need and, that. Like, yeah, I think it's time for a little break. That's what I'm going to ask you. Do you think this will like help them at all to give people yes, a little breather? so good. We Marvel- do have Deadpool in July, but... Yeah, but it'll be like Marvel's back, you know, will be the uh, the story, the talking point. Yeah, I think this will help Cap 4 a lot. It's the one that's going to kick it off uh but next next february so man it's kind of sad though like i don't know i like having a little summer marvel appointment but 
I know. Oh, well, <laughs> um, and then in 2025, we have three movies in uh, Cap 4, Thunderbolts, and Blade. Assuming Blade gets made. So, yeah, I was um, going to say, assuming Blade happens. But it'll be back to normal in 2025. So I guess we can look forward to that. But I think next I think year we have Madam Web and Craven as well. So there's other Marvels coming out in 2024. Yeah. Don't worry. No, I mean, Craven. Bro, come on. I think by the time this airs, the Madam Web trailer will have been out. So right. maybe we sound real dumb because the trailer was amazing. You know, we'll see. Come on. Do, yeah, I don't do, know. Do, I don't things, do things, does this like split of who owns what Marvel properties? Does that like contribute, do you think, to the negative perception of Marvel movies? Yeah, I think, like, I think I think tying in Sony like adds the f- fatigue a lot because a lot of people think that's just like MCU as well, you know. Right. I think uh, I think your average casual person is not does not care who makes it. It's all a marvel. Agreed. Yeah. So, and to some extent, the DC like stream of flops I think contributes to the overall superhero fatigue. And also, know? if you try to to talk to somebody who isn't plugged into about it, you sound like a giant dork. Like, um, well, actually, so Disney owns this portion of the movies and Sony owns these portions of the movies. These used to be owned by 20th Century Fox, but then... Yeah. Like, I can't. They don't care. They don't care. They just want to see good movies, which... I I respect that. How we feel, too. That's the way to be. Yeah. But, I don't know. At least there's stuff to look forward to. Um, Yep. We also got... Okay, I'll, I'll I'll stick with the Deadpool news. Um, right after the strike ended, uh, Ryan Reynolds tweeted, um, "Did did Dogpool save the day? Um, not a chance in Gremlin Hell, but she is currently causing the Disney plushie merch department nightmares." Blah blah blah. Um, it's coming summer twenty twenty four. He confirmed the new date. Uh, nice. But we got our first look at Dogpool, and yes, it's not what people expected. No. What well, I'll let you go first. What do you think of Dogpool? You know, l- let me look at the picture again. I think it's cute. I like I like it. I like Dogpool. That's not what Dogpool looks like in the comics, but I don't care. Do I do I care about comic accuracy in Dogpool? I care that it's a dog with a little costume on and that's it's what cute. we got. I like but it. They also have gender bent Dogpool. And oh, my, okay, well this this woke media is going too far. <laughs> I have a wild prediction that I need to be like on the podcast record somehow. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we have a list for that still. No. But we don't. I, I, I haven't heard. I haven't heard anyone else predict this, and um, we know it's been heavily rumored that Taylor Swift is in this movie. Yes. Um, everyone's like Dazzler, 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 but I think we're gonna get Taylor Swift in some like stupid way that we aren't expecting, and. I said Dogpool actually before this photo came out, but then it was confirmed that Dogpool is now female. Um, oh. So I'm locking in Taylor Swift as Dogpool, voices Dogpool. Wow, uh, that is a that is a that is a wild take. I know, but I I feel really committed to it, especially and it, like I if all the, the validation vibe. needed. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is going to give people what they want. It's going to be Taylor Swift in some other way. So that's hilarious. Pick up the dog pull first appearance. You heard it here first. Uncanny Universe exclusive. We will be gloating if it's true. You already know the vibes. Um, yeah, we won't be credited though. No. Where's our parade? You know, deadline won't credit us. Yeah. Um Murphy's multiverse might though. Yeah. Or the Diz Insider. <laughs> I hate that one. 
Okay, so we got uh something else you hate, Geeked Week at Netflix. Uh-huh. Um that's their little double geek I don't want to say little, that's that's condescending. Their it's, uh, it's their little event. Their nerd trailer event thing yeah. where they do interviews and stuff, or they would if they paid people. Um, but they Ooh. put out a few they put out a few trailers. Uh two of which we'll talk about. We first we got the Dead Boy Detectives trailer. This was this is the Neil Gaiman created property. They were introduced in Sandman, and then they were in Books of Magic, Children's Crusade, Doom Patrol, stuff like that. It's yeah. um, it says it follows Charles Roland and Edwin Payne, a pair of murdered schoolboys who decided not to enter the afterlife in order to stay on Earth and investigate crimes involving the supernatural. It was originally made for Max, because it was a Max show, right? Because uh, it's kind of like a DC property. But then they moved it to Netflix, which is also where Sandman is, and it's technically in the Sandman universe. But we got a trailer for it, and um, I thought it looked very like BBC. I don't. It, it did. It did. I. You know, I didn't think about that until you said that just now. But that really does make sense. I thought it looked fine, though. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm not a fan of the comic. Are you? No, not particularly. It's not something I'm gonna watch. Um. Well, probably not. I should say. Yeah. But. Um. It I'll looks okay. I mean, it looked all right. I probably if I if I had an affinity for these characters, I would be super excited because it looks like it's well made. It does look well made. It just looks. I don't know if it has that hook to make like a popular show, you know? Right. I don't know. I'm not seeing it. It's giving one season is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, on Netflix. You you are correct. But maybe we'll check it out. I want to hear from a. A dead boys, a dead boy detectives fan. What they thought of this, but I don't know. Yeah, um, it's nice that they're continuing the Sandman universe. Um, the the one that their biggest trailer was the Avatar: The Last Airbender trailer, though. This is talked about this a lot. Um, it's the you got the first trailer for the eight episode first season comes out February twenty second. Um, and this was like very teasery. It was very much just like shots of characters and mostly like settings i feel like it was just like this right. building this island and the music and it was like save the date but um i guess as like the avatar fan i could say it like it looks very faithful uh i, I don't know if it's I, gonna be so like a one-piece situation or what what do you mean by the one by a one-piece situation um okay so what i meant now I'm like already going back on what I meant. I meant popular, <laughs> well received, because that's okay. the only I think anime Netflix thing that has been People successful. Right. I didn't personally like it, but I also don't like One Piece, so like I was destined to not like it. So I think this looks pretty good. I mean, so I don't care about the franchise. So there's that. Um. So look respectfully. Um. I, you are a big fan, so that's different. But I think the mark of is this a decent trailer or not is. Does someone who doesn't watch Avatar think it looks all right? I think it looks pretty pretty decent. Um, it was getting I, budget. It uh, yeah, it, it it looked like it's got a little bit of, of a cashola behind it, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm all right. I'm all right with that. And I assume we might be watching this thing. So we will. Oh, okay. At least I will. I'll talk at you about it if I have to. But that's fine. Is and this is a series or a movie? An eight episode season. That's fine. So really digestible maybe it'll be like 20 minutes and it could be like a little four hour oh, movie definitely situation. won't be but it looks it looks cool it looks well made at the very least Just, but it looks like one piece you know it where it, it looks it doesn't look like one piece uh thematically i'm saying like it, one piece looks like they have their budget together you know what i mean 
Yeah, it's more of a One Piece and less of a Death Note, is what you're saying, right? I agree. Though I did yeah. think the Death Note trailer looked good too. So, but that turned out poorly. So, yeah, but that was just like cityscapes. You know, it's so much harder with fantasy, like One Piece and Avatar. So, they have to. It demands a big budget, and it looks right. like they're trying to give it to them. I know they're using that um volume thing that Mandalorian uses. Uh, so maybe that'll help a little bit. I don't know. Interesting. Twenty-two episodes to eight is gonna be tough. We'll see. We'll yeah, see if but they pull it off. You can't do twenty-two episodes in live action anymore. You can't put on it on ABC with no budget. Uh, what is this, NCIS? Yeah, it'd be fine. Just do that. Okay. Can you um, imagine? It, can you imagine it in present that? day? 2022 episode live action primetime television Avatar The Last Airbender. It would be abysmal. Yeah, that would be awful. Um, I'd rather see the budget stretched across eight than 22. So right. I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, okay. Another trailer we caught was Garfield. Uh, <laughs> this is, I'll read you the synopsis. After an unexpected reunion with his long lost father, scruffy street cat Vic, voiced by Samuel Jackson, Garfield, voiced by Chris Pratt, and his canine friend Odie are forced from their perfectly pampered life. So Garfield I mean, finds Garfield. his like, birth dad. Right. I don't like Garfield, do you? I do. I do like Garfield. Um, Does this now, look good? I think so. I mean, I think it looks like Garfield. I think it looks like every Garfield thing I've ever seen before. That being said, I think it looks cute. I think um, I think Garfield's funny, generally speaking. Um, I'm over Chris Pratt. I just does he need to voice everything? No, you well, just, you would know. Does he give Garfield vibes? No, no, he just sounds like Chris Pratt. Like so, Bill Murray did the like the last Garfield, but like it didn't even like he did a performance. You know what I mean? Like it sounded like Bill Murray, but like he. It it was different. What does Garfield sound like? Traditionally, I can't I like, can't do a Garfield voice. Don't ask me that. Um, but well, I mean, is Garf- it like scruffy? Is it like no red, Garfield? Like... Garfield sounds um like an overweight middle aged man. That leads me me to my next question. Yeah, I guess like the whole trailer was eating. That's like Garfield saying is just like eating and yes. Okay. Yeah, like I... his his deal is like eating lasagna specifically. Okay, I know about the lasagna. Yeah. I just thought there was such a big emphasis on that, and that was kind of weird to well, me. Well, yeah, that's like Garfield's like pastime is eating, but is, and I don't know if that'll I don't know if that'll translate to kids now because like, and then I said the weight is over, like W E I G H T, and I was like, hmm. I feel like this is for people over twenty five. This is not. I don't think. This, I mean, it might be rated that kids can watch it, but I think this is for you know, it's not gonna make any money if kids don't want to watch it, right? So that's a bad. A bad move if that's what they're going for. You got to get the minions and the Mario kit, you know, like all that. Right. But Dylan, even the Chris Pratt thing will backfire. We'll see. So I know you don't like Gar, you don't like Garfield, but this is a very dated reference. But do you know Garfield minus Garfield? No, no idea. (laughs) Okay, it's a it's a web comic that is takes Garfield existing Garfield strips and just erases Garfield from them. And okay. so, so John just looks crazy or sad. <laughs> they're great. They're so good. That I'll have to send you some. Funny. They're they're so great. Um, if you if you if you all listening have not heard of Garfield minus Garfield, go Google it. They're great. Um, hmm. I love it. 
I'd rather read that. Yeah, they're um, very good. But this one comes out May 24th. It's a big summer release now, apparently. So, yay Garfield. Okay. I mean, I good good for him. I'd watch it. I mean, I'll, I'll go see it. But you like cats. You're a cat person. <laughs> I do. Um, okay, we also got a trailer for Disney's uh, follow-up to Inside Out called Inside Out 2. Uh, it, <laughs> how, how clever. <laughs> who knew? It comes out June 14th in theaters. Uh, they're introducing Riley, the main character, is like becoming a teenager now, and she's experiencing new emotions. And it's like a teaser, and we get to meet Anxiety, voiced by Maya Hawk, which I was hoping Anxiety, like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it, did you see Inside Out 1, the first I one? I did. I did. All the boy emotions are, like, ugly, and the girl ones are, like, cute, like, in dresses right. and stuff, which I thought was interesting. So I was kind of worried that Anxiety was going to be, like, another cute emotion, but she was, like, aptly pretty like effed up looking you know that's that um, is good so i appreciate it but i don't know i love these movies i think it's such a cute way to make kids compartmentalize their feelings <laughs> i mean i think the trailer looked pretty good so i think um, it's truly I, just hey there's new emotions and that's the trailer yeah i mean it looked it look, right it, it looks like what i mean it doesn't have a clever title right and that shows but it looks like the first one was good so i think this will be Probably yeah, about the this one was really popular. Now, uh, will I watch this? Uh, nope, probably not. It's not for you, I feel like. It's definitely not for me. Like I said, it's a cute way to make <laughs> kids talk about their big feelings. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll see. Let's see. We got an update on the Legend of Zelda live action movie. Speaking oh, of... Oh, uh, God, I forgot that was coming. Yeah, okay. I got bad. It's bad news. I'm sorry. Um, So... It's officially in production. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, do you think this is like I? Okay, so I'm not a big Zelda fan, but I've seen it played. I know a lot about it. I feel like it's like ripe for an adaptation, like something that I agree would do well if it was like made well. I don't know. It seems like so. I leave money on the table. I agree, and I guess Nintendo has a uh, coming off of Mario has a good, you know, track record, but. Doing a good animated adaptation of a video game is a lot different than doing a good live action video game adaptation. Agreed. Yeah. We were having a discussion about video game adaptations in the store um, the other day, and there's really just not many good ones. It's like Sonic and Sonic and Last of Us, I guess. Yeah. There might be ones that you like, but you know what I mean? But none that are like, oh, that's pretty good universally. And Agreed. and because the thing is, is you're trying to please two different markets. You're pleasing the movie going audience and the fan of the game. And those are different things. And I don't know. I, I think the Zelda audience is pretty hardcore. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but I feel like the visual style of Zelda, if it had like a Peter Jackson, he kind of like whimsical look to it it could be like I agree. something that people would like you know what i mean like, i think so too i think it, they're not it could be i don't good, think they're gonna do that nope i think it's gonna be i i'm i'm guessing mid <laughs> our super far and advanced review um mid. i agree and here's why we got a director and writer attached to it um oh, no. the director is his name is wes ball and he did maze runner Kingdom of and Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which I didn't know was a thing until I got the trailer in front of the Marvels. 
I somehow yeah, missed that on the podcast. I was like, there's another one. They're still doing <laughs> these. Like, yeah. Uh, but he's not like a very successful director. Um, which I nice feel like way. you would. Yeah. I feel like you would want to get that for a Zelda movie. I don't it's know. Like, it's like when they announced Zelda. Akiva Goldman as the director for the Dark Tower film. I'm like, oh no, this is not. Yeah. This is definitely suboptimal. Well, speaking of suboptimal, the writer, oh. his name is Derek Connolly. And he wrote the Jurassic World franchise. Uh, he oh. also wrote The Rise of Skywalker before it was rewritten. So, like, he wrote a version oh, so, of Rise of Skywalker. So who knows? That means nothing. Yeah. But he also wrote Monster Trucks. <laughs> and I'm not picking out his bad ones. I'm picking out the biggest movies and uh, Detective Pikachu. Well, that one was okay. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. So, that's, was probably, fine. What, that's yeah. probably what got him this gig, though. It was the best. Uh, Video game adaptation for a while, for a little yeah. bit, until Sonic came out. Yeah. Um. So like yeah, Sonic. I feel like these are like you need to get some heavy hitters on this. It is. It's like it could be. This could be a billion dollar flick, and it's and like this is. There's a lot to me. There's a lot riding on this one. This is one of the biggest video game franchises of all time, and yeah. has big story. Like Sonic is Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Like, I'm I know there's people that have there's deep Sonic lore in the comics or whatever, and and the games to an extent, but like, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, chill out. Like, Legend of Zelda is a big story based game. Well, Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog is going fast, so like, I don't know. Like, you really gotta get this right. Well, Sonic has games that flop, and Zelda doesn't. You know, like Zelda, right. every game is a huge hit. You know, like. People are just will buy it based on nothing. Um, right. So I feel like they'll go to this based on nothing, probably. So you need to, I don't know, you have like, you banked like a billion and a half dollars for Mario. You have some money to pay a good, I don't know, an established director. Why are we taking risks here with Derek Connolly? I don't know. That's a that's a very good question. Doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I assume we'll be talking about new writers and directors and stuff as, as this goes on. I, don't, I bet they won't stick around if I had to right. guess. Um, let's see. I had something else. Okay, my last one is about what if we're back to Marvel. Oh, uh, what she's what back. if season two? We recently talked about the rumored uh list of episodes. Um, oh yeah, and I ended up ended up being correct. I couldn't tell you what they are. I kind of forgot. But like the the what if whatever Hella got the ten yeah, rings. Yeah. I think that was one of them. Um. And we've known for a while that it's coming out like Disney Plus still says this holiday season, but we don't we didn't really know when it was coming out. Um, but I thought that, I think this is pretty interesting. They uh, via the Cosmic Circus, which is uh, OK, apparently a reputable, I don't know, uh, scooper. Uh-huh. They said it comes out December 22nd, um, which would normally be kind of a weird date with the weekly drops, Michael. But they they're saying that new episodes are going to drop daily and they're going to go through the end of the year to December 30th. So a new episode every single day for the holiday season, which I think is kind interesting. Of cool. I'm into it. That's interesting. Okay. Cause you're sure, off. People are off. Like kids don't have school and they're just like, that makes it's like a nice little thing. They have like a new what if every night. And then it's kind of cool. That's a good idea. I like it. it. It's like an MCU advent calendar, except it goes to the December 30th. They should have gone to the 31st. Well, I guess you don't want to compete with New Year's Eve. I don't know. December yeah. 30th is kind of weird, but that is weird. Uh, but look, they, they had the timeline. They stuck to it. All right. So we're going to do a podcast every night 
uh, yeah. doing each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All on our Patreon. The, the I feel like the bad part is like if we even wanted to review this, it would probably fall like in the middle of the season as they're dropping daily, like something dumb, you know? Right. Uh, it wouldn't. I don't think it would work out for it well. No, no way. It it premieres on Friday, so we would have seen, yeah, four episodes of no. the eight, literally in the middle. <laughs> no, we'll tell you at the end if we liked it or not. Damn. Okay. Well, um, I think that's that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear about that live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we're going to do our picks of the week. And I am picking a Marvel title this week, not a game. Although there is a Marvel game coming out this week. Uh, The Marvel multiverse role-playing Kang book is coming out this week. So that is cool to pick that up. Um, Deadpool 7 Slaughters number one. An oversized 999 uh, Deadpool one-shot written by tons of people. Rob Mm -hmm. Liefeld, Greg Capullo. uh, There's tons of creators on this list. Um, Anyway, it's seven kills in seven days. It's uh, Deadpool killing a bunch of people (laughs) with all the stories uh, written by different creators super cool it looks really fun it does Art's and really great. cool covers for that one too there's yeah. a ton of great covers it's a problem um <laughs> my pick is called the deviant number one this is oh, yes. a a holiday release it takes place in milwaukee 1972 and there's like a blood saint bloodstained santa killer on the loose um it's written by james tinian of like world tree that's and all you need Department to know. of truth and somebody is killing the children he do, he do horror good so he, he do he, he do be he call him bun but uh but even the, better oh just kidding I'm, I'm um, to be nice. but yeah i'm excited to read this one yes it looks really good um okay dylan getting onto my news here i i learned a new word today in the world in the world of streaming do you know what a fast channel is fast in all caps no fast channel no free Ad-supported television or streaming television. Okay, like Free, uh, Peacock. Uh, yeah, or Tubi, uh, Pluto, all those things. Okay. Um, anyway, so Dungeons and Dragons is now having a 24-hour fast channel. It's called Dungeons and Dragons Adventures. It's now um, going to be on um, Plex and Amazon Freebie, and is going to be coming to other things too. Um, this is kind of, I, I don't particularly think this is going to be like amazing or anything. I just thought it was kind of interesting that D and D is in this level of popularity that it's having all these new programs and shows. Um, so there's three new show, there's three new weekly shows that are going to air on this as well as, um, other things that get cycled in the old cartoon and other actual plays and whatever. Um, okay. there's a show with Matthew Lillard. Uh, a show with um, Deborah Ann Mole and uh, Wool, whatever her name is, and then uh, an actual play show. 
So, and and uh, oh, sorry, there's a fourth one. There's a, a cooking one. So, anyway, what? that's kind of interesting. It's called the um, Heroes Feast. Oh, the other one's just where they play the game and like a critical role style thing. Uh-huh. Well, uh, well, no, one of them it, it's different. So there's two actual play, meaning where you watch people play Dungeons and Dragons, and there's two shows that are about other. One's the cooking show, and one's the other one, just talking about the the hobby and sort of a talk okay. show. So I had no idea this was coming. That's kind of interesting. Just I don't know. We'll see if this sticks around. <laughs> I'm I don't know if it will, but you know, it's got Matthew Lillard behind it, and he's like a huge D and D fan. He owns um, a company called Beetle and Grimm, who does um, really like ultra deluxe editions of D and D games. Like we're talking like hmm. five hundred dollar editions of books and Dang. stuff. Yeah. Okay. I met him at Gen Con. It was really cool. Um, Anyway, moving on. Remember two years ago, we reviewed Netflix's trilogy of Fear Street movies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we got confirmation um, that they're going to be making some more. Which is exciting. We don't have details. We don't have any of that other than Netflix talking about it. Um, they they said there's one standalone script. That, so the, the Netflix head of film, um, Scott Stuber, was talking to Collider saying, quote, obviously there's lots of books, which is true. Uh, there's one standalone that we're working on right now that we're trying to get the script right, but I like it very much and so does the team. So I feel like if we can get the script right, there'll be kind of an extension of that franchise. So they are moving a lot along, m- moving quite along with this Fear Street franchise, which we all really liked all three of those movies, right? Yeah, I love them. I That's my only like concern about this is I feel like you got to keep the three movie the weekly three movie drop that was so cool. Like, don't give me one more movie. You've spoiled us. Yeah, I know, right? So hopefully this they can get the script together and you know give us what we want. But I'm looking forward to more Fear Street. Um, keeping it in with horror, um, A24 uh, announced a new feature called Opus. Um, so this is so this is what's interesting about this to me. So this is going to be um, a new horror film called Opus. Um, and it's the debut of a writer director named Mark Anthony Green, who I don't know. I don't know who that is. But that so, but A24 is not only producing it, they're also financing it. Um, and it's starring um John Malkovich and Io Atabiri. Mm-hmm. Atabiri. Um, I don't there's plot is unknown at this point, but I think that's really an interesting. I love We've been. I feel like we've been really treated in the horror community of directorial debuts, um, with yeah. like movies like Censor and uh, Jordan Peele's. Well, well, I mean, uh, Get Out, the first one. Um, mm-hmm. th- we've had a lot of really cool firsts. Um, so I'm. We don't know anything about this, um, other than it exists. So we'll keep you up to date on it. Um, I I really That's like both so those good. actors. Yeah, absolutely. And Amber Midthunder from uh Oh yeah. Midthunder from Prey and like mm-hmm. There's a lot know. of people. Julia so, Lewis. Yeah. Oh well yeah, I do love Julia Lewis. So again, we don't know much about it other than it exists and some cast members, but we'll keep you up to date as we go on. Okay. Um Bruce Dickinson, uh the lead singer of Iron Maiden, is gonna be in this movie called Bjorn of the Dead. Um, and I have this on the list specifically because it is directed by Elza Kephart. Dylan, do you know that name without looking it up? Nope. Director of Slacks with two X's. 
Oh, the, gosh. The killer pants movie. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm hyped because Slacks is great. I mean, it's terrible, but it's great. I like Slacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it is directed by Elsa Kephart, uh, Kephart, and co-written by Austin Dickinson, who I assume is related to Bruce, based on original stories. Blah blah blah. Um. Anyway, so it's going to be um, released by Raven Banner, and it is a horror comedy set in the world of tribute bands. Bjorn, played by uh, Bruce Dickinson, the lead singer of Abattoir, which is an ABBA <laughs> cover band. Um. Okay going to playing a bunch of increasingly deep depressing venues from old folks homes to empty pub back rooms uh blah 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 they hear there's a battle of the bands and horror hijinks ensue so it's gonna be blood-drenched gore fest super funny terrifying cautionary tale about the inner workings of the music industry that doesn't make any sense to me all those things combined together but you know what no I, i'm here for slacks lady to if they have the abba music it could be good i feel like that could add it a has lot. to have the abba music. they have to have the rights right they have to and it's got it has a genuine rock star in the movie you know the lead singer of iron maiden so there's got to be something there. um no oh well okay he sings <laughs> does he sing like abba no no <laughs> he sure doesn't but anyway we'll find out more i'll keep you up to date on bjorn of the dead um, quick gaming news before we get into the last uh, movie stuff here. Um, Tales from the Loop, if you guys remember, that was a really awesome show on Amazon Prime. And it was a really cool book from Simon Stallenhog and a great uh, role-playing game from Free League. Um, and we reviewed Tales from the Loop over here. We really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so Simon Stallenhog wrote a sequel book to that called the electric state which is the one that takes place in america because the tales from the loop is in sweden and anyway so there is a new tabletop role-playing game book that has just been announced it's not even on kickstarter yet but it will be on there soon and bedrock will be getting it based on the electric state which we don't know anything about it other than about the game other than it exists um so it's very exciting and it will use the same engine as the previous game so if you're familiar with the Tales from the Loop role-playing game. This will be right at home for you. And if you aren't unfamiliar, you should just Google it. Google the Electric State art and go to Google Images and scroll down to see if you've got the vibes. And Did you know there's the... a movie coming out for it? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a, the Russo brothers are doing the Electric State movie with Millie Bobby Brown and Chris Pratt and Kihi Kwan. And oh, I see that. Oh, like yeah. That. How about it's that? It's filmed, so it should be coming out like maybe next year or something. Interesting. Okay. So That's I wonder great. if this is like they're amping up the electric state. That, that makes know? sense. I mean, actually, yeah. the electric state is very good. The novel's really cool. Um, moving on to horror, um, back to horror, I should say. Um, Terrifier um, is going to get a 4K UHD steelbook release of one and two combined. Um, okay. So this, so two Terrifier two is already on 4K, but we get we're getting a new. Um, duo pack of both movies together and the first movie was has never been on 4k before which is cool i'm sending dylan the screenshot of the yeah it looks cool yeah it looks really really good um so terrifier 2 is the better the better film i love uh, they're both good but terrifier 2 is really 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 good um i know we kind of mentioned it last week um but um this leads into so yeah this is going to be i think it's walmart exclusive i don't 
remember if that's correct or not, but um, it's going to be coming out mm. sometime. We don't have a date on it yet, but I will keep you up to date as soon as I know more about dates. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, January 29th. So okay, not too there far. You go. It is going to be in the UK first, and then it'll be here uh, a little bit after that. Um, but if you remember the last week, we were talking about Terrifier briefly. Um, I went to go see the Terrifier 2 re-release in theaters, and they had the Terrifier 3 sneak preview at the end of the movie. Well, it's online now. You can go watch it. And <laughs> Dylan, what did you think about it? As someone I who hasn't it. seen Terrifier. <clears throat> yeah, as a non-Terrifier fan, but someone who wants to watch it. Um, you aspire to love, watch Terrifier. I love holiday uh, horror movies. It's like a little genre that I'm a huge fan of, so I'm like very hyped for this. Yes, it looks so good. You have to catch up by the time the movie comes out. Um, Absolutely. There, there's so much to learn. Um, now, it, I have a question. Yes. Is he going to kill that little girl? <laughs> Is that what's happening? Oh, yeah. Definitely. He kills children? Like, children oh, are on the table. And oh, yeah, them. dude. Absolutely. Okay, cool. <laughs> Everyone is fair game for art. Okay, cool. As long as it's funny. Like that's I as mean, long this as was art, funny. Yeah, as long as art thinks it's funny, then that's fair play. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so uh yeah, go check that out. And then we got two uh actual trailers to talk about. We got Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. So I didn't know this was a thing. Uh I maybe we talked about it previously, but I sort of forgot that they were making we did, a but sequel. it wasn't called Frozen Empire at the time. Okay, so yeah, they're making a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, which came out a couple of years ago. We reviewed it. I don't actually remember what I thought about it. I think it, I thought it was all right. Meh. Yeah, it's all right. Um, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we got a trailer for it. Um, what did you think about it, Dylan? Um, so I didn't know that this trailer existed either, and I got it in front of the Marvels as well. Right. And um, when it started, I was like excited for like a cool disaster movie because it starts with like a beach and like ice spikes emerging from the ocean and sand yeah. and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, I was you like, do love a good disaster this? movie. I do. I do. I was like, this is gonna be good. And then I was really disappointed when I saw that it was ghostbusters. Um, <sighs> that being said, I, I agree with you, but I thought fine, the trailer though. was fun. I, I, I like Patton Oswalt. He's in it. It's got Camille Nanjiani. Um, and then they really leaned into Bill Murray is back. It's nice that they're back in New York too. I like yeah. that. But other than I'm, that, I don't care. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not. I we've talked historically about not really loving this franchise. Um, I think Afterlife. No, the, the one before Afterlife, I think was my favorite. Um, I mean that's a hot take. The girl one. The girl one. <laughs> the girl one. Um, I like that movie too. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Um, go check out the trailer. Maybe if you if you're a big Ghostbusters fan, you'll probably you'll probably be into it. All right, I think so. Here it is: the trailer event of the year. Dylan is here. Rebel Moon Part One: Colon A Child of Fire. Mm-hmm. The new Zack Snyder original, quote unquote, sci-fi movie. This was, uh, if you're not familiar, Rebel Moon was supposed to be Zack Snyder's Star Wars project, and then that didn't happen. So now we have Rebel Moon Part One: Peace A game. Child of Fire, and then we're gonna get uh, the Part Two is called the the Scar Giver. Uh, and anyway, <sighs> so so we got the full the the first full official trailer. We've had a teaser about a month or two ago, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Dylan, this is great. This is just great. 
I'm so happy that this is out here. I mean that fully What'd sarcastically. It? Oh, it looks ridiculous. I think it looks okay. bloated. It looks just like exact. It looks like exactly I thought it was going to look like. It looks like a bloated Zack Snyder movie. That's very um, whatever his color palette is. That um, very yeah. dark, very dark blue. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very dark blue and brown. Um, I, I it mean, looks okay. unhinged in a bad way. I feel it like. does. Now that being said, it does look okay. Like I, I, I don't want to completely just dump on it. It looks all right. Like, I don't think it's going to be abysmal. I think Zack Snyder probably is going to be at his best when he is um, not held down to existing stories, I think. Because, like, to me, his best movie was Dawn of the Dead. And that one is just a remake, and he fully changed everything about the movie. It's a whole new movie. So... Yeah, but, but then there's like 300 and Sucker Punch and stuff where he's left to his own devices and those also aren't very good. Right. Right. I think everything he's done that is an adaptation is not great. So I think... But those but, weren't even adaptations? Well, Sucker uh, Punch, 300 was, th- but 300 Sucker, Punch. Punch oh, Sucker Punch wasn't. That's right, it wasn't. His, thought... own, his own thing. And so was that arm, that zombie one from last year. Army of the Dead, Un- yeah. Yeah. Mm. Dang. I'm telling you, it's not going to be... Look, I know, look, look, this is going to be bad. We, we all know that. We all know this. But I... I am excited. I'm excited fun. for this movie. It derogatory. Um, so, but <laughs> so quote, this is a Zack Snyder quote about this movie. Um, quote, this is me growing up as an Akira Kurosawa fan, a star Wars fan. It's my love of sci-fi and giant adventure. My hope is that it also becomes a massive IP and a universe that can be built out. So first of all, comparing yourself to Akira Kurosawa. All right. Cool. Um, that's like, writing a book and saying, well, you know, I think like, like I'm thinking like Shakespeare territory. Like I'm like, this is like one of the most famous and well-respected filmmakers of all time. Mm-hmm. All right. Chill out. Um, and also I will say, so he says this, he's hoping it becomes a massive IP. So there was a role-playing game that was supposed to come out for this, but it got canceled. So due Ooh. to, due to lack of interest on pre-orders. And I think there's also a lot of drama about them not paying people. So there's that. Um, but there's a check. comic, I think, or something. There's like books, or I don't know. There's there's some tie-ins. It comes out December twenty second, Dylan. Are we gonna watch this on Christmas? I really hope I can go to the theater to see this. Uh, they've announced Is it, it gonna be in theaters? theaters in like Paris and New York and like a few big cities. Yeah, um, but they oh, haven't announced like a full theatrical. Can we can we get tickets? It. I would love to. Let's get a plane ticket and go watch it in Los Angeles at the premiere. It's kind of a running joke that I'm forcing Hyde to go because I told him it can't be like the first Star Wars movie that he misses in theaters. You know, that's, that's so hilarious. He has to go to this. Uh, that is true. If you're a Star Wars fan, you have to. You kind of have to see this. Yeah, you must. And then you have to tell um, the tell everyone like, oh well, this was supposed to be Thrawn. Yeah, well, it'll be fun to connect the dots when it comes out. But as for like the movie itself, I feel like it looks like you said bloated, and like I feel like it's gonna be really lore heavy because. I feel like you should never go into a movie with the um, intention of creating a big IP franchise, you know, that's like not going to creatively produce the best thing that people are right. going to latch on to. So I well, think it's going to be really like spinoff inducing. That's uh, what he came from, though. Like that was the last thing he was doing was just creating, trying to create this franchise. You know, yeah. this D, all the DC stuff. 
and he did that to some success but uh it's much harder to do it on your own starting from scratch you know everyone knows batman and superman yeah so i hope it's good uh i will enjoy watching it i think i'm very excited to watch it i'm not do we know how long it is oh no we don't but dylan you know it's gonna be long over over under over under 245 oh no it's fine actually it's not that bad i just looked it up it's 213 oh whoa but i bet it was one movie and they made him turn it into two okay so it was one five-hour movie and they cut it down probably yeah that makes sense okay well anyway that's gonna do it for my news this week let's hear about all those tabletop events It's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge. We run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back. And we're going to talk about the Marvels. That's right. Uh, the new uh, MCU movie is finally here. And we're going to spoil it. So final warning for spoilers. Uh, we will ruin the plot for you, probably, maybe. Um, so if you don't want to know the secrets for this, Captain Marvel... Uh, WandaVision or Ms. Marvel, uh, turn away, go, you know, plug your ears or something, but that, that's it. Anyway, uh, Dylan, let's talk about, let's talk about the Marvels. So first I'm ready. What was, what was your excitement level like for this? Pretty high. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Me too. Um, I love, I was excited that it's like, a I don't know, a combination of the Disney plus stuff that I love meeting Miss Marvel and WandaVision. Um, yeah. And we both really liked the first Captain Marvel. And, two, uh, two of the best Disney Plus shows. Uh, probably the two best. Yeah. I will say it was like, there is some of that like contact uh, excitement that you get from these movies uh, that like that helps it a little bit. And I didn't get any of that for this one. I felt like I was alone looking forward to it. Right. So I was like, I agree with steer, you. Steering the ship there. But uh, not you, obviously. But I mean, like just around people and stuff. Right. Of and, course. Uh, of course. But I was very much looking forward to it. Me too. Me too, man. Like, um, now I think we were just talking about it off air about uh, things like Ant Man not delivering and not being as good as you were hoping, and Doctor Strange two, you know, a little bit of Marvel fatigue, right? Thor. Um, I maybe maybe have some Marvel fatigue, but this I was very much looking forward to. I thought this was going to be really really good. I the trailers sold me. And we I both mean, like Nia DaCosta, her Candyman, a lot we do. too. So we do, yeah. And we both like all the things that this movie is coming from: Captain Marvel one, Ms. Marvel, and WandaVision. So the ingredients are there. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so let, take me through it, Dylan. Let's talk about let's talk about this movie. Um, okay. Well, I guess we could talk about the overall plot of it. First. Yeah, let's talk about the plot first. Um, you could tell from the trailers, which is really what they hammered home the most, was the entanglement, is what they call it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Carol, Kamala, and um, Monica's powers are like um, tied together because of their. There was a lot of jargon about yeah. <laughs> about why it doesn't really matter to me. Some nonsense. Um, yeah, but the I thought they went on a lot about it too much, actually. Um, right. I agree. Um, but it made a cool element where they're like switching every time they use their powers, and we saw a glimpse of that at the end kind of, of. Miss Marvel, the after credit scene of Miss Marvel. We did every time um, they use their powers in certain types of ways. They use the powers because not every time, not immediately, but like right. if they use their powers for like a little bit, they'd switch. Right, you know. Um, but. And then there's an evil lady, an MCU villain lady who wants to uh, take over the world. Um, and I had like, she, she was the weakest part for me. Yeah, her performance wasn't great. Um, I and, wonder if she's like a nepo hire because and, and she's also Tom like, Hiddleston's wife. Ah, uh, and also I think like her costuming was really rough too. It, yeah, it they didn't was, do her any favors. It was giving like no budget. And I have like a little criticism from her like about the character and that I realized they wanted like the reveal at the end of why she was doing what she was doing. But I think right. it may have like served the story a little bit better if you were upfront about her vendetta against Carol and right. why the Cree world is suffering. And like, I think that may have like given a little bit more weight to it. And then just evil I, lady wants I, to take son. Bad lady. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I agree. That being said, I liked the reveal. I thought it was cool because I was already invested, but like, Maybe if you're upfront with that in the trailer, like a revenge against the annihilator, the annihilator. Is what they were calling Carol. Like I think that might have been like I, a cool. I like that plot it. element. I think that that's a good plot element. But I think you're right. Like they 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 didn't do any favors to try to get the not the, the haters on board. You know. Yeah, they waited to the last minute. That with that, finally watched that final trailer, and it right. was all about the multiverse part at the very end. Oh, I guess we it, could like, seem like a multiverse movie. So. Speaking of that, um, I recorded it last week um, at the end of our episode because we were waiting on the trailer to drop during Monday Night Football um, about who was going to debut in the trailer because we knew it. And you called it. You called it exactly right, Dylan. What did I say? I, can't, I think I just said Valkyrie, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. And that we've been multiverse. Yeah, that's right. I remember now. You yeah. called it. So I, I it. have it. I have it on tape. I have it on you tape. You heard it here first. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we also accurately our track record of bringing accurate spoilers to the show is scoopers yeah well we're reporting other people's scoopers but i yeah. feel we're proud to say that we bring you the good scoops you that's know? right we, that's right. we regurgitate the, yeah. the correct scoops we're able to to sift through all the garbage scoops and give you the good ones hey that's like, hard you uh, know for real i mean look mephisto notwithstanding um but are we talking about that part? I guess we, we can. don't talk about Mephisto. Um, but I was blown away that 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 final reveal was legit. Were you still surprised, even though you knew it was like you kind of knew it was coming? I wasn't surprised. I mean, I wasn't like, oh my god! It wait, can I say? Are we saying it? It's, yeah. If you if you really don't want to hear it, turn away. There's a there's a new character showing up, kind of new character. Um, when at the in the mid credit scene when monica wakes up 
in the in the science area i'm like oh my god it is beast oh no way and with his sure, little lab coat with his little open open lab coat <laughs> and then you get a, a glimpse of a blue hand walking by i'm like oh my god they, they, wow beast. for real that's crazy and I, there were a couple of gasps in my theater i mean my theater was very sparsely populated but i mean i was seeing yeah. it at 3 30 in the afternoon on thursday I mean that that was the first showing, first Dolby. So it's crazy it still... that this did more to set up the multiverse than the other movies, I feel like. And it was not really it's not a multiverse movie, it just something happens at the end, you know? So right. I kinda like that. I didn't want it to be all about the multiverse. I'm over that. But Me too. as for the plot, I was like I loved that it was just like about them. Um Yes, about and their, their Car- Carol, so Kamala, good. and Monica bonding, um, and they had like their own. There's there was a lot promised. I feel like in like the reunion between Carol and Monica, and then Kamala finding finally meeting Carol, stuff like that. I feel like yeah. the like the emotional. There were some big moments that we were waiting for, and like they really delivered on that. Yeah, absolutely, big emotional payoff. I thought, yeah, I I don't have a lot to complain about about this movie, other than what I already said about the main villain, who I don't even remember her name of darben sure um, yeah her yeah her i thought she was bad i thought her costume was bad i thought her performance was uh mid if i'm being nice and uh other than that i liked really everything about the movie i think i have something to say about that though i want to go on a okay. mini rant okay i don't know when this started and why it started but not every action movie needs to have a good villain um there are so many movies that people love where the villain is just nothing. And I think right. you only you only have a certain amount of time and you have to like allot it to certain things. And they it's okay to spend all your time on your hero. You know? I agree. I agree with you. And that and that didn't hurt my score. Like I Yeah, I'm not talking about you. I'm just right. like there's a thing like oh the Marvel movie, like villain. Oh, the villains like, are... Right. Think about like, do you care about the villain the like Mission Impossible villains or the like No. I don't know. No, you want to see Tom Cruise do the cool stuff. Yeah, they can look cool, like that's cool, but like they don't all they can't all be Loki. You know what I mean? Um, Right. You can't have Loki and Kang and well you can't have Kang anymore anyway. But um And the reason Loki works so well is because in the next Thor movie, Loki was not the main villain. We got we had to have a bad Malekith villain and Loki was like a someone they spent a lot of time on fleshing out you know right so that's why people like loki i think um, i think if you'd only had that first thor movie you would have only kind of liked loki yeah and we got several thanos entries as well it's like it's i don't know it's not important to me i just i, I, I would rather spend time with the hero i completely agree i'm um, in a movie like this did. in a movie like this because she had um, been cooler yeah she was kind of lame <laughs> but right. uh i think we spent the appropriate amount of time with her Absolutely. They, they did not spend much time at all. It's like, look at me. I'm the bad guy. Um, um, which is fine. Let's go like character by character. How about that? Okay, sure. Um, let's Carol. do Carol first. Great. Um, it was so good. Had a lot of depth. Had a lot of or, or more depth than the first movie. And I, with, especially with the reveal uh, of being the Annihilator and like. Yeah, I like that a lot. I thought that was really I like, good. A really interesting storyline. They tied that into why he didn't return to Earth. I thought that was cool. Right. That was, that was very good. I like that a whole lot. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. I think that the, um, like one of the valid criticisms of the first one is that she spent the whole movie brainwashed and didn't get to show a lot of her personality, which Brie Larson has a lot of charisma and personality. And I feel like 
maybe I didn't give her the opportunity to show all of it, you know, but this yeah. time she got to be. Oh, definitely. Like not goofy, but more um, playful part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. More playful, but still like the militant attitude that like a captain would have. And I don't know. She had so much heart and like empathy and a lot of rage and, and humor. Like Brie Larson isn't an Oscar winning actress. Like they gave her at least more to act off of and like they gave her right. guilt and joy and like I don't know it was like I, I was so happy to see her get something to do basically. absolutely completely agree and um Monica Rambeau was great the, yeah the, talk she's, about she's so energetic yeah talk about really just breathing life into that character too like um it just felt like a very authentic and real character um I thought she was yeah, great the, there's a lot of the like Nia DaCosta isms where they were just interacting and they just like you forget that it's a superhero flick and they're right. just kind of like act, acting like real people, which I really appreciate. You know, just the way mm-hmm. they talk and hang out with each other is very much like that new friend group energy. Um, and Absolutely. same thing kind of with her. I feel like she didn't. She was kind of a plot device in Wandavision, but she really got to be her own character here. I thought that was really cool. Right. Absolutely. And uh, Tayana Paris Paris was just. So good. It was great. And then Iman Vellani as uh, Kamala Khan killed it. Great. She carried. Yeah. C- carried for real. It felt like uh, the Ms. Marvel movie with Carol and Photon in it. Or Monica yeah. Rambeau in it. She she like was a scene stealer for sure, but she didn't I don't know. There was so much time to shine with the other characters. It wasn't like stepping on every other. Not at all. It was, Every it was other a character's perfectly crafted balance. She was great. I thought she was, was really a, cool. Yeah, agreed. And I feel like it'd be really easy to make that annoying, the like fangirling. Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I, I wonder if this is going to get obnoxious. Like, and yeah. it, it didn't. It was just the exact right amount, and it was perfect. And they wove it into the story, like her kind of not thinking of Carol as an actual person and just idolizing her, like in a parasocial unhealthy way um, right but i liked how they folded that in that was cool i i agree um i have a question for you so mm-hmm. did they have nick fury or sam jackson for a week and just film a bunch of stuff on a space station for every property that they're doing you know what i mean like i feel like we've seen sam jackson in this spaceship for two years well he wasn't in it in secret invasion at all so that's true. They made him go on sets for that, which was bad. So, uh, right. It's just weird that Secret Invasion just happened and it's just like inconsequential, doesn't even, doesn't even matter. Right. We um, all thought I, Secret Invasion was going to be like the be all end all storyline that they were building up to. And here we are. Well, I had an idea because Secret Invasion was about the Skrulls being mad that they had no home still. That right. that was like a, a promise that they made that they didn't deliver on. And I think it would have been cool if this came out first and then the scrolls and Secret Invasion were the displaced ones from the colony that got destroyed. Was that movie. ever part of it? Because there was a significant amount of reshoots for this movie. Was that and then Maybe. the schedules all moved around with strike stuff? So I don't know. It would have made more way more sense to me why those scrolls would be so mad. Uh but I agree. Yeah. Do you have any complaints about the movie? No, I don't. I thought everything was good. I, I loved I loved the comedy. I thought it was hilarious. Um I loved the musical the planet too. The effects look really good. Yeah, uh, I, I loved the musical planet with Prince Jan. That's the most people's biggest complaint. What? 
That was great. That was really, really great. Now, now I will say, if you're not familiar, if you're just listening to it and don't care about spoilers, um, they, they go to this planet where Captain Marvel is like um, is married to this prince as like a marriage of convenience, and mm-hmm. this the this planet communicates exclusively through song. Yeah. Um, they all they all everyone sings on this planet, and it's great. They have a whole fight with like dancing and singing and whatever, and I. As I'm saying this, I'm flashing back to remember dumping on that part from Doctor Strange 2 with the music fight, and I hated that. Yeah, but that wasn't done well. No, it wasn't. This it was wasn't great. fun. This was so fun. This was I I loved that portion of the movie. Because when they're talking to, to Prince Jan and he starts speaking in English, uh and not singing. Oh yeah, he's bilingual. Like hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that Top scene notch. went the perfect amount too. Like it one little song, and then it and then it ended. Um, I love that. But I guess if I had any complaint, it would be like there was a moment in the movie where they were like on the ship, the three of them, and going on and on about the like bracelet stuff. And I was like, right. okay, enough. And then I like luckily ended a couple minutes later. But I thought there was a little bit too much. Like, like I think I zoned out for a second. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't into that. But I get that. Um, my favorite. Do you have a favorite scene? Um, I think it's the I think it's the scene on the oh no, it's probably the flirkin stuff with the cats. I was gonna say and, yeah, and the scene from um and the song from cats. That was amazing. Hol- I love that. Hilarious. So much. The second that they start playing it, it's like, oh my god, is this from cats? Hilarious. <laughs> I wonder how many people got that, but I, I got it instantly. Like, this is incredible. That was my favorite scene too. The whole the theater was hollering, like it's people. E- it's either that or the dancing scene, which was I just thought was stellar. I love how her dress just materialized. <laughs> like she's yeah. literally a Disney princess on that world. Um, well, I, I mean that makes sense to me. Yeah, but I, I love the flark and stuff was so good. All the right. kittens. I, um, right. I I think this movie is about as good as it could have been. I I don't really know what else would have made it better, other than maybe like a little bit less ex- exposition. Yeah. Um. I think that I don't you know don't what the problem could be. I don't think you have to have even seen any of the previous movies to enjoy this or show. They give you everything. Ms. Ms. Marvel's parents are in this. The cons. They're tremendous. Oh, no, they were so good. Yeah. They're I great. Love I love them so much. They have a great family. I love them. <laughs> um, It's great. Can we talk? Can we talk about one other plot element? Yes. We have to talk. We have to address the Valkyrie situation. Oh, yeah. What's up? Um, so we know that this has been a big She's in there for online... like 30 seconds. Yeah, she she made a cameo. I will call it, it's a cameo. She's not mm-hmm. a character. Um she made a quick cameo and we know that this has been like a huge ship. I don't know if you know that actually, but like I, it's I a big oh, I know. it's a big online ship. Um even between Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson themselves and I feel like I feel like they gave us as much as they could, you know. Um Right. They clearly I want more though. It was like gave me such like a this such like a tease. Like they clearly have like some kind of deep friendship or more. Or you know? yeah. Um, no, I they were like holding hands. There was like a big reunion, like, oh, like Valkyrie's here. And then she kissed her on the cheek. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, tell me. <laughs> right. No, I agree. It's like it felt like, okay, next, go, do. Yeah. I want her to stick around and like explore the relationship more. But like Well, this was clearly so, like, one of the reshoots, right? I don't know. It could have been. Because, um, I mean, I feel like Tessa Thompson just showed up wearing her own clothes. 
She wore her King Valkyrie outfit. Yeah. Yeah. But it like, it's clearly something that they really probably begged for to be in the movie, you know, because they're like super good friends in real life and right. have been wanting this to happen. But it's like, it it is annoying to be like, oh yeah, you didn't know these characters who have never spoken before are like, have such a deep friendship, a bit, like a profound relationship. It's like, well, you never, you've never given us that before. It's kind of, I loved it and I'm annoyed by it at the same time. Like there's so much potential for something cool there, but they just gave us a literal crumb, you know? Right. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's fine. I mean, I don't think that's like a complaint. But you have like, this is a big franchise and imagine if like Hulk showed up and was like, Hawkeye, I haven't seen you in so long. You know, you'd be like, what? Like they, they know each other. So I guess so. In my mind, I can fill I in the blanks. I wasn't taken aback by that at all. I wonder, like, maybe people who aren't as plugged into the community talk about these characters were surprised. But well, I want to know where did you? What was your takeaway? Was it platonic or a romantic it, vibe? What did you get from it? I think it was it was deliberately vague. I think it could have gone either. It I th- it was it was definitely it, it it's giving Disney not wanting to commit. Yeah, agreed. And we'll never commit. It's giving what can we cut for overseas? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, do people but, kiss on the cheek like that? I don't know. I guess they do no, sometimes. But maybe I mean I don't know if you're maybe in Asgard. Maybe I don't know. That's I mean that's different. I guess Asgard's. I need to read the, the novelization and see what, how it describes the scene. <laughs> yes, that's actually a, a very good idea. Um, let's rate it. So we typically rate on, or typically we always rate on a scale of 0.5 to 5, the letterboxed scale. And if you follow either Dylan or I on Letterboxd, and you already know what we rated it, but either way, here we are. Um, I am going with a four, a very strong four. I was teetering between a four and a four and a half, but um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I think this is as good as this movie could have been. I don't see it really ever being better than a four, but it's a, it's a very strong four. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Think, yeah, I totally agree. Cause I also gave it a four. Yeah. All right. Um, I would describe it as one of my favorites in the recent Marvel years and Easily. it's top third MCU for me. Um, I super enjoyed it. I wish more Marvel movies were just fun, short and like full of heart like this one. Me too. Super good. Super, super good. Um, you should all go see it. If you haven't seen it, uh, go do it. Yeah, you'll have a good time, guaranteed. Don't let the goofy news stories about like lowest box office of all time, which is true, but like, yeah, we all know why. Yeah, go see it. Unfortunately, yeah, go see it. It's very good. Um, but anyway, that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan, and I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.